Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Ahoy, and welcome to Maximum Influence. This is Kurt Mortensen. This is episode 354. We're going to take a deep dive into the law of attraction. Does it work? What is it? Can you use it to motivate yourself, persuade yourself? We're going to take a deep dive today in the law of attraction. What is it? Is it real? Is it fake? Does it work? Can you use it to motivate and persuade yourself and others? Find out. Just stick around as we learn the skills you should have learned in school and the techniques that will take your life and your income to the next level. Now, when I said ahoy, that wasn't a boating term. It's actually hello in check. That's where our listener email comes from today. Hope everyone's feeling well. I'm a little tired, a little Zoom fatigued. Did a lot of Zoom, Skype, online training this week. Not my favorite. Guess it's better than nothing to help people really understand these skills, but I do prefer the face-to-face. Let's do it. Let's spend a couple days together. Let's learn. Let's grow. I do know that face-to-face is a little bit different, but hopefully it'll come back when our new normal appears, whatever that's going to be. Remember on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and iHeartRadio under Maximize Your Influence. Tell your family, friends, and enemies. Hit like, subscribe, and of course, always hit the notification button. All right, it's now time for the blunder, or those new to the show, we're going to call it the Blinja, which is a combination blunder ninja you get to decide. Don't, don't, don't! If this is well done or mm, crossing the line a little bit. This was at a home improvement store. <laughs> Talking on the show lately that with all the extra time and not traveling, I've been doing some home projects. Some have turned out really well. Some uh, still trying to work on them. Funny thing about a home project, it either takes 10 times longer than you think or half the time you think. It's just never what you expect. So I've been frequenting these stores. Need a little fertilizer, planting some things, getting some things done. And I'm a quick shopper. I don't take a lot of time. I'm in and out. And I grab first thing that I saw right there. Big numbers. Didn't look too expensive. Thought it was on sale. And so I filled up my cart with everything that I needed. Happy in and out. But then like, wait a minute. I looked over to the side. There was rows of more fertilizer and mulch and other things that I needed. And there was a bigger bag for half the price from a bigger named company. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> So not only was it cheaper, but it was better and had a bigger name. And I'm like, wait a minute. And then I realized that they got me with one of the common persuasion techniques, uh, laziness. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that sometimes we just buy the quickest, easiest thing. That's why companies at the supermarket fight for eye level. That's the quickest and easiest. Or the end caps. It's right there. It's quick. And so they plant things in there that are easier to grab, quicker to grab, Anything to do make your life faster because sometimes we don't process it. We don't think we just want to get it done. And you could be paying a lot more for doing that. Now they're adding movement that grabs your attention. I don't know if you had a coupon shoot at you or the end caps that move to grab your attention. And I guess I'm assuming everyone knows what an end cap is. That's at the very end of the aisle. That's top real estate for any product or service. It's quick. It's easy. A lot of exposure there. But then the opposite's kind of true. They put the milk in the back. It'd be easier up front, but they want you to go to back because they know the more time you spend in the store, the more you're going to buy. So on that, they take a different route. So you buy the milk, you're in the back. Then you go buy all the end caps. (laughs) 
And seeing all the chips at eye level, some things to fill up your cart you weren't planning to buy, those impulse purchases. Because the whole psychology of shopping, you know, most people tend to veer right. Well, I guess they follow their driving pattern. Some countries will veer left when you go in the store. You don't see things for the first four or five seconds till you adjust. And so that general area is not a good place to persuade people. So you have to decide, is that a blunder? Okay, high cheese, you're pushing a little bit too much. It was like, no, that's good marketing, good for you. If you get caught in that trap, like I almost did and I have been before, then that would be a ninja. I'll admit I'll pay a little more if it's a little quicker and I have to go to the back of the store, but sometimes they're going to get you. So that is the blinja of the day. Okay, let's cue it up for the geeky scholarly article. This is titled, Why Cognitive Load is Hurting Your Conversions. And I'll add why cognitive load is causing to be anti-suasive. So this comes from David Hoos. He's a conversion rate expert, good.com, and the Educational Technology Research and Development Journal. Those names keep getting longer and longer. So basically, cognitive load. Now, your cognitions are your beliefs, pretty much your thoughts. I guess we can say the way your brain runs. And the challenge is when there's too much CLT, that's the cognitive load theory, or there are too many obstacles in your buyer's journey, it works against you. And this is especially true on conversion rates on the internet. How do you optimize it? How do you decrease the cognitive load? Because we all know when there's too much to do, you get overwhelmed, you don't get it, you don't understand, you're confused. A confused mind, an overwhelmed mind, they all say no. They all run, they all don't do it. So if you're wondering why your visitors that come to your store or to your website or to your presentation can't seem to follow the path that you've laid out to them to persuade them, you spent all that time doing it, even though it made perfect sense to you and it was a no-brainer to you, it wasn't to them. It was too much cognitive load. On the internet, they call it lost visitor syndrome. (laughs) Okay, they're gone. We don't know what happened. And that's the challenge. I call it a persuasion pitfall to where you don't know why someone didn't buy, why they left. That can be a challenge. So let's talk about how do you keep your prospect moving forward in small, manageable, bite-sized pieces where they don't hit that cognitive load. So again, cognitive load is the amount of active mental processing needed to complete tasks. That's a scientific term if you wanted to know. And it's the same thing if a computer runs slower and has too many things going, too many tabs that are open, too many software programs that are running too many apps that are doing stuff, it slows it down. And your prospect brain is bogged down when you ask them to focus on too many things at one time. Bottom line is that cognitive load increases, user experience decreases, and persuasion and sales suffer. We've talked about this on the show before, that even online, the more fields, the more things you do in the checkout process or capturing information, for everything you ask, it decreases compliance. Or are you putting up a stop sign or a yield sign or a slow down sign because you're asking too much? Again, to you, it's a no-brainer. To them, it might be new, it might be different, it might be confusing. So bottom line, the harder people must work, the more likely they are to disengage and leave the site before making a purchase. That's why in a sales copy site online, you could make it 20, 30 pages. Those have been popular, long sales letter, they call it. But you still have to provide bullets and let people scroll to the bottom to make it easier for them. Now, some people like to read it all and it's there for them, but you have to provide those shortcuts for the people that want them and need them. Now, you'll never get a cognitive load to zero. I mean, you're always asking people to do things to get the yes, to get the credit card, to get their email address, but you can remove unnecessary confusion. 
What can you do to remove the non-essentials and to minimize friction? So here are a few suggestions they mentioned in the article. Reduce visual clutter and increase path to sales recognition. So don't allow site designers to champion visual appeal or practicality. The number one website, Google, basic, basic, basic. Not a lot there, but sometimes designers want to add this and do this. This is true of your PowerPoint presentation. We want this to move and this color to come in and this to zoom in and this to say this. Basic, basic, basic. Simple, simple, simple is more persuasive. Next tip, consider your target audience and give them what they want. Not what you want, not what you think. What do they truly want? Do a little research, do a survey, do a poll. So easy to do with your prospects, with your clients, your customers. It's free, surveymonkey.com. Google even has some forms you can do this to get a little feedback. They also make user experience testing a priority. We talked about that, test, test, test. Get the feedback, get the information, see where they're falling off. Another recommendation, examine every place on your e-commerce site where visitors must read, remember information, or make a decision. So they talked about upgrading these, simplifying, easier graphics, auto-generated forms. And I'm with you on that one. Nothing's worse when you put in your address and then you have to put in your shipping address. Why can't I just click on, no, it's the same. But it requires you to do that. That would be cognitive overload. And as you create these paths, whether it be in a presentation or in a store or online, you need to know their journey step-by-step. Step. Yes, no, yes, no, what's going to happen so you can make it as simple as possible. They also mentioned too, I've talked about this already, leave room for white spaces, simple, keep the clutter low. They also say keep it familiar because everyone has their own mental models, what they expect it to look like. Keep it simple and exercise that on your site or in your store or in your presentation. They also said it's very helpful to be consistent with your pages and your branding and your look. Just kind of puts people at ease. So remember, when people get overwhelmed, confused, cognitive overload, they shut down. Make it simple. Make it easy. It shouldn't surprise them you're asking them to do something. We've talked about that through the call to action. That's why Amazon implemented the Amazon One Click. I don't know if you've seen that. It's kind of scary. It's just this one little button. When you click on it, you've been billed. It's been packaged. It's been shipped. <laughs> it's been verified. It's en route. Done with the one button because they know if you start going okay address and payment method and do you want it wrapped and is this a gift and what's your mother's maiden name all those fun things that tends to scare people on any website fact case study for you walking into a gold's gym and on to my left was a powder potion smoothie guy and i smiled he didn't smile back he said what's up he says not good i said how's business he said rotten I'm like okay Make me a smoothie and I'll give you a couple ways to increase your business. Probably even double and triple your business. He's all done. He made me a smoothie. So think about it as master persuaders. What would you recommend? What would you do? Now, first of all, on the people skill side, a smile, a friendly glance, remembering their name, being more inviting. We've talked about this on the show. Providing samples, proving your worth. Let's go back to cognitive load, making it simple, making it easy. I've just worked out, feeling good. I want a smoothie. Oh, my wallet's in the car versus my locker. That extra step, even though simple, is a little too much for a lot of people and don't come back, even though it's not a big deal. So put people on account, ordered it on the way in, let them know the time they were leaving, done and done. You bill them once a month, simple, easy, easy, easy. So be careful of the cognitive load. That takes us to listener email. Oh, boy. 
I said, ahoy earlier. That was from the Czech Republic. It used to be Czechoslovakia. Now it's the Czech Republic. They've kind of divided. This is from Jacob. In fact, you might not know this. I don't know if I talked about this on the show. I know I have a few books in Czech, but also I am half Czech. My grandparents on my mom's side, full Czech. And so I've got a lot of Czech in me. That's, I guess that would be part of my motherland there. So thank you. And I know Jacob from Influence University and doing some coaching. So he asked me a question. So I'm reading Persuasion IQ and trying to find the study done at the beach. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where someone was posing as a thief? I want to know where I can find that. Remind me of the study and what law of persuasion that is. Because I'm doing a training next week and I want to use it. Remember, if I use your email on the show, you get free access to influenceuniversity.com. Now there's a free membership there. And of course, there's the advanced persuasion there. Jacob says you already have it. I will give you the beta version, brand new, 101 sales hacks. Actually, it's about 117 now. Basically, it's three-minute videos. Here's the persuasion. Here's the science. Here's how you apply it. Here's how you use it. You can do one every day. You want to do one a week every couple of days. That way, you're getting more tools in your toolbox. Since most people only have four, five, maybe six persuasion tools, I want you to have over 100 tools in your toolbox. So, Jacob. I've talked about that one before, and it is hard to find. I did mention it briefly in Maximum Influence and I think Magnetic Persuasion. So I'll send you the link on that, but for the listeners, let me just fill you in. There was a study done at Jones Beach near New York City. This is the law of dissonance. That's one of the 12 laws of persuasion of Maximum Influence. In fact, if you want the free new edition of Maximum Influence, pick up a little shipping and handling. That's at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You can also take your Persuasion IQ assessment and get information about coaching. So this one's a fun one. This is dissonance. This is one of the laws of persuasion goes a little deeper. Anyway, then we were at the beach. There's a boardwalk. Sun was out. Summertime. Someone would just bring a towel, lay it down. But back then it was a CD player. A little electronic device would put it on their towel and would walk away. And then here comes a thief. Someone in on the study. And they steal this electronic device. And they just want to see what percent would risk personal harm to stop this thief. And it was only 20%. And so when we get into distance, getting commitments, getting the yes, here's what's crazy. The next time around, when they got up, they turned to the person about you know, five, 10 feet away, whatever it was, and would say, hey, excuse me, could you watch my things? We're going to the boardwalk for a few minutes. Yes, commitment. Our human brain keeps commitments. And now 95% risk personal harm to stop this thief. And this study does come from Thomas Moriarty. He actually did another one in New York City. They're at this busy restaurant. This well-dressed person would take a seat. And then they would only stay for a few minutes and they'd leave the restaurant, leaving a briefcase. And here comes another thief, get in on the study, take this briefcase that obviously wasn't theirs. Now, in the second part of the study, the person would say, excuse me, may I leave this here for a few minutes? They all agreed. And that was a game changer. More people attempted to stop the thief. So, Jacob, that is the study. I'll send you the footnote on that, too. And I'll also put it on MaximizeYourInfluence.com if you want to look that up. So finally, let's get into the question I posed at the beginning of the show, the law of attraction. Hopefully you've heard that before. You Google it, it's going to go boom, it's all over the place. But how does that affect you? Is it true? Can you use it to motivate and persuade yourself and others? Well, let's talk about it. There was a famous movie called The Secret. If you haven't seen it, it's worth seeing. There's some good stuff in there. But the premise we got to be careful of 
that you can just wish it, hope it, think it, and it'll become true. You can sit on the couch thinking you're a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, and the universe is going to bless you. Now, I'm all about affirmations, I'm all about visualization, I'm all about controlling your thoughts, good, 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 and good. But if you don't have an action plan to get your goals, to become a millionaire, to achieve success, that's only a small part of the equation. So what I'm saying is, law of attraction is a piece of the pie, a small piece of the pie. I'm all about that, but you need to have an action plan. You need to have the right tools. You need to have the right skill set, the right mindset to be successful. Because if you're sitting on the couch thinking everything's good, they're going to kick you out because you didn't pay your rent, or they're going to haul you off to the insane asylum because you didn't think it through. It's a form of delusion. And I love what my early mentor said, Jim Rohn, not the sportcaster, but the famous speaker. He taught me something really important. He said, for things to change, you must change. And for things to get better, you must get better. So for your income to change, you must change. And for your income to get better, you must get better. So getting better is the whole package. Again, I'm all about the mindset. So I do believe in a certain aspect of the law of attraction. As long as everything else is in place, it's a, get a piece of that pie. And you can use it to persuade yourself and others. Because when you have the expectation that they're going to purchase, that you're going to persuade them, when you feel influential, you are more influential. That's what the studies do show. When I hand you a pen with the contract, the agreement, you're more likely to sign it. If I wipe my feet off on your doorstep with the anticipation of getting in, that expectation, that attraction increases the chance of you letting me in. If I say thanks in advance in an email, that increases the chance you're going to get me in. That's known as a law of expectations. That's another law of persuasion, that expectation. And that comes across in your voice and the words you use and your body language. Because too many times I see persuaders and sell people, they shake their head in the no fashion. You wouldn't be interested, would you? Yeah, what are you attracting? What are you expecting? That is the opposite. It's also known as a presupposition that you're talking like they're accepting that they're going to do it. Because I'll tell you right now, you can't persuade anybody unless they can see themselves doing it mentally. And you plant those seeds by the words you use, your body language, and your expectation, and what you are attracting. So what expectations come across in your office, in you, on your website, in your literature, whatever it is, what are those expectations? In your presentation, in your clothes, in your call to action, what expectations are out there? You ever been to a restaurant and you felt guilty for not ordering a drink? I just wanted water because their expectation they planted was getting you a drink. That's why you ask any Olympian that has won a gold medal, how many times have they visualized it? They've seen it. They've seen that victory. They've seen that gold medal. And I bet it'd be thousands of times because they had the expectation they were going to win. They've seen it so many times mentally. They visualize times that it became a reality to them. And you've got to do the same thing. So when you do these affirmations, when you do these attraction exercises, visualize it. And at first, your mind's going to fight with you. What? You wealthy? You successful? Are you kidding me? But the more you do it, it erodes that doubt away and it becomes a reality. And there's some truth here to fake it till you make it. Walk it a little more confident. Feel a little more influential visualize the right outcome, say the right things, have the right demeanor, the right body language, use the right words is all part of the package to be more persuasive and influential. And final thought here to think about is your thoughts. Because those thoughts, you've heard it before, they don't reside rent-free. They're there, negative or positive. And those thoughts trigger emotions which trigger actions. And so you have to be more aware of your thoughts. You can do the rubber band thing if you want. You probably won't last very long where you snap yourself every time you have a negative thought. Now, I'm not saying you're never going to have a negative thought, but here's the difference between success and failure. What a failure does is they have a negative thought. Oh, that could happen. What if it does happen? They give that thought 
They give that seed of doubt a place to grow. They water it and that grows into a tree of fear and it holds them back. Don't water it. Successful people, they have the same negative thought. Don't fool yourself. They have the same negative thought, but they redirect it to something else more successful. They have their happy place or they're visualizing success, whatever you need to do. So the answer is yes, a small piece of the pie. You can use the law of attraction to motivate and persuade yourself and others. If you want more information, you can go to the archives on the podcast. It's under the law of expectations. That's one of the 12 laws of persuasion. That's in the archives in Influence University. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate your love and support and your feedback and learning these skills, going out and make the world a better place. Since I mentioned the beta version of the 101 Sales Hacks, brand new, love your feedback. I'm going to give you a 50% discount. The link is on there. You can go as fast, as slow as you want. Very simple, new tool a day or a week, depending how fast you want to go. You have unlimited access to it. I'll put the link on there. Would like your feedback. Let me know what you think on that. And all I want is take something, just one thing you learned from the show today, from this podcast. Apply it, use it, make it a tool. Become more influential, better negotiator. And of course, today we talked about self-persuasion and mindset. You do that and you will persuade with power.